it's lights out and away we go. What's up guys and girls and welcome back to the F1 podcast and again I am joined by David. Just for a change folks, it's me. Hey, how are we all doing? So, let's see now. It was the, I'm not going to call it the Brazilian Grand Prix because it's not the Brazilian Grand Prix. Well it is. It's, well, Sao Paulo Grand Prix. It's, it's the Brazil. Brazil. It's the Grand Prix in Brazil, therefore it's the Brazilian Grand Prix. I'm sorry, I'm not going to. Um, yeah, I mean, I was expecting for a little bit more weather, if I'm honest, but I think, I think they got it all at once, um, as part of qualifying, so, What we will say is we didn't see FP1, FP2, or... There was no FP2. Of course there wasn't, was there? We basically didn't see FP1, FP2, or FP3, because there was no FP2 and 3. It was only FP1, which I did not... No, I didn't catch that, but no, it's obviously spring weekend, the last weekend of the season. To be honest, I'm going to say I'm glad... Honestly, I'm glad to... See the back of the sprints. I still say the sprints have good potential. We haven't fully realised it yet. <sighs> that is what I will. That's what I would put to that. Well, the, the, the sprints are all right, but I'm kind of glad to see the back of them because I think there was a bit too many. I can fully get on board with what you're saying. I can fully get bored with you there. I just honestly feel like there was a lot. There was just there was there was just a bit too too much. Um, it was too much in one go. Yeah, because three this close together right at the end of the season. Well, I also think some poor circuits were chosen this year. As much as I love it, Spa is not spring Grand Prix circuit. No. Austria. I mean, we can, I'd say we can maybe talk about this maybe in the season. We'll do a one-off season review where we'll look at mm. things like that. Yeah, because oh. it's... <sighs> I like the sprint format. I think it has potential to work. I still think it needs refinement. Oh, we know it needs... The, the sprint does need refinement. Because in in terms of just tire like tires as well, the way they run the sprints, well, they get one less set done on the sprint weekend. Yeah, but it it wasn't just that. It's like you know you have qualify you know you've got qualifying to, to determine the main race, if you're not aware. So you've got qualifying which determines your grid position for the main race, but then they have the separate sprint qualifying, which obviously we're going to talk about um, to determine the grid for the sprint. Where the older format was, qualifying would determine the grid for the sprint, and please tell me I'm right, and then the sprint would then determine the starting grid. That was the original format. I actually preferred that. But Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> because it felt like the sprint had some more weight over 
just be another race. Now I know, funny, I was listening to, uh, I forget where I heard it, someone was talking about it. And basically what it boils down to is, it's all to do with media, and it's all to do with the fact that out of five sessions in your average weekend, four of them weren't races. Yeah. And media didn't like that. But I kind of like what Crofty, I kind of like what Crofty piped up with this weekend. Have a separate championship. I've told you, I've told you my theory on it, and I'm not going to try that again. Listen no. Last week's podcast, I we talked all the one before. The reserve they, drivers. Get the junior drivers involved. Yeah. Yeah, but Crofty... race time. Yeah, Crofty also mentioned the fact that make it a separate thing so that the yeah. sprint gets... A sprint would be its own championship. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I'm not actually against that. Like I say, I just go that one step further and say make it so... So my thing was, if we're going to stick at six, each of your main drivers has to sit three out. And yeah. The reserve driver has to be in. Hmm. So, so that way it's fair. You've not got a drive. You've got both drivers are missing their amount, but your sprint driver, your sprint driver, your reserve driver, gets six races, and that's experience there, struggling to get anywhere else. Yeah. So you know, we go, we'll go, we'll go into quality. We'll do it in this, and this is the other thing I don't like. I don't like the fact that on the sprint weekend we have qualifying for Sunday before qualifying for Saturday. Yeah. That doesn't sit right in my head. No, you you would you would have thought that maybe they had the they would have this the the yeah the sprint yeah. quality. At least first. the sessions following reasonable order. Yeah, it, it, have Sundays qualifying and then go to Saturday qualifying afterwards just feels backwards to me. Hmm. I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean. It seemed we weird. We haven't played about with tyre choices during well, it's nothing I dislike them doing at the moment. Hmm. Because they weren't, they were only allowed to run mediums for the first two sessions and softs for the yeah third one or something like that. Yeah, two medium, two mediums, and then. But like I said, I dislike that. Give, give the teams that freedom. So I've told you before. Like if you have someone like Alex Albon throws a set of softs on so he appears in the middle of the top ten. Yeah, it. It's uh. Didn't. I don't know. It just seems weird to sit around, you know, to just them messing around with all this tire bollocks. And it, it's not. It may be, you know, it might not be confusing to the drivers. It might be, but it's confusing to the people that are actually watching. Yeah, I just don't see what I just don't see why it's gaining. Hmm. Other than it's probably allowing Pirelli to have a better idea of not bringing more ties than they absolutely need to. But then again, teams get a set number anyway, so that... Yeah. To me, is a bit of a mute point. So, you know, qualifying started off like any other qualifying, except there was a dirty, great, big, whacking cloud all coming towards the circuit. Dirty, great cloud? I thought the frigging, uh, what's it from Harry Potter were turning up? And Deaf Eaters. Yeah. Jesus. I mean... Just went. I mean, you know yourself, we live in an area that's good for rain. Yeah. And when it goes dark, it can go dark. But bugger me, that <laughs> came in somewhere wrong. And we all know what Brazil used to be like. We've moved away from doing this race in the rainy season. Yeah, but the weirdest thing was, 
Okay, so to sum qualifying up very quickly, you know, it was not, there wasn't much happened. Apart from four minutes to the end of Q3, what I'm going to use quote Brundle here, he quoted, he, to say, there was like a, just what he could describe was a biblical storm coming. Which is a saying I've used in the past. Hmm. Wonder if he nabbed it off you. Um, <laughs> hey, he's welcome to it. A legend like himself, I'd be honoured. But the wind, you could see the wind getting stronger and stronger and stronger. Yeah. But you couldn't see, the the weirdest thing was, they said it was raining, but the cameras weren't picking it up. Yeah. Well, the tracks only went, because we suddenly saw um, Piastri have a little bit of a slide, didn't we? Yeah. Now, they don't know if that was because the track got wetter, if that was just a sudden change in wind. Well, they like to say them cars are very susceptible to um, changing wind conditions. But yeah. suddenly to turn a, a track from day to night. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there was thunder and lightning light, but, you know, to go from... Yeah, you, you saw in the interviews, they had to host the interviews afterwards in the safety car garage because they couldn't do them outside. They were hammering it down. Yeah, you saw the rain eventually, but... That was some storm. It was, wasn't it? I suppose if that had been there for either the sprint or the, the race, then, yeah, we'd that wouldn't, the race would just wouldn't have run. Yeah, that'd have been another the Brazilian... Uh, Spa. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, it was typical of... People were showing the pacing qualifying Merck. Yeah. <laughs> Haas, okay. Aston Martin rocked up out of nowhere. <laughs> Stroll did at least. Well, Stroll and Fernando. Oh, yeah, they both did. Backwards this season. And yet Brazil seemed to finally wake up again. Yeah, but that's why I think they did it. They went back to the old upgrades. Mm. They went back to before the upgrades, and I think that's done them a lot of favours. <laughs> Well, it did at Brazil. You gotta think it's probably going to Abu Dhabi. We've got that great leveler in the middle that none of us know. Mm. We'll see what happens there. But then you've got the likes of uh, got Vegas coming up. But that's what I mean. We'll know, see. None of us know what Vegas is gonna be like. No oh. one's ever actually properly driven it yet, so no. Don't but know. Apart from in a game, <laughs> I'm sure they've got simulator data, but it still won't be. You know, that's the real oh thing. no! But at least it's not a sprint, so they can get that data that they need over three sessions. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think that's why they probably chose not to put a sprint on Vegas because of. The I also think, I think it comes to you're not, you're not often going to see stuff like that at street circuits because of having to close roads and shite. Baku. That's set up differently. You got to. Well, Baku, Baku's still a main city. That didn't get. What was that sprint? Yeah, I'm sure Baku was a sprint. Well, fair enough. Normally, you find they tend not to because when you've got to shut places down, local authorities tend to be quite precise and not very. Also, you could say Vegas is a slightly different level of city to the likes of Baku. Hmm. 
you want to move into sprint shootout just while I'm having a quick look. Sprint, sprint shootout, yeah. Yeah, no, Baku was. Baku was the first sprint this season. I mean, the big incident there was the collision between Ocon and Fernando. In typical fashion, Ocon immediately blamed Fernando when replay showed. I mean, I put it down as a racing incident. I don't actually put blame particularly on either driver, personally. Ocon hit the kerb, came off the kerb, and the car stepped away. See, and he tried to collect the car, he collected Fernando. Now, yeah, I don't... Like I say, I, I don't... I don't blame Fernando for it because Fernando was technically there. I don't think Fernando could have done differently. He's not been there. Well, yeah, but it was just and that's something difficult to predict. Yeah, and it was the fact that yes, he was looking in his mirrors. Ocon, uh, Fernando, yes, he slightly turned to the left, but I think Fernando was actually unsure on where the hell Ocon was going at that if point. If Ocon had kept control of that car, he wouldn't have been anywhere near him. Ocon was on. Um, Fernando was well off the racing line on the far side of the track. Mm. It's just like I say, because Ocon's car came off that curve and he had to counter steer it, which, you know, is the only way you're going to catch the car doing that. Yeah. Unfortunately, counter steer straight into the side of Fernando's car. Yeah, he did. But Ocon seemed. To... It was weird because Ocon's. That's also a racing driver thing. You always blame the other guy in the heat of the moment. Mm, we've seen a lot of that this weekend. I always think back to the freaking Grosjean blaming Ericsson at Baku, ironically, but he turned out he was two and a half seconds further back down the road. Yeah, he was nowhere near him. Ericsson hit us, but he's three corners away, so that was a trick. Must have thrown a blue shell. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, Okong just got the tank slapper, and that was a hell of a shunt, though. Well, he did, did a lot of damage, did he, straight to the wall. Straight into I mean, the... Unfortunately, Fernando Fernando did make Q2 but couldn't take part. No. Because they couldn't fix the car in time. No. And there was a great picture on the skies. Say, skies. Say for Gasly, actually, wasn't it? Gasly was actually made Q2. Mm. Oh, you're talking about the picture of the Aston Martin mechanic. The Aston Martin mechanic where all you see is his legs. I tell you what, that poor guy, every Christmas card he gets this year is going to have that picture on the front of it, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. The thing is, I was talking to a family man who was a mechanic, and we, I've done it, we've all had that job on a car, usually it's under the dashboard, where you're upside down in the seat trying to do it. Mm. It's uncomfortable as hell, all the blood's in your head, but you just end up in that position somehow. Yeah. But yeah I don't know what he was doing. He just saw the pair of legs sticking out over the halo. <laughs> and it got caught on world TV, so that's why it ended up getting so much of a meme. Oh, yeah. Oh, it will be. That'll be the new one. That'll... Yeah. I mean... Yeah, like you say, Alpha Tauri had some pretty good pace and all. Yeah, Alpha Tauri, after not doing well in the, in the main qualities, woke up for the sprint. Mm. I mean, Danny Rick is showing reason for, I think because of the amount of slating I gave him, once again, curse of me. He's actually showing reasonable pace. I still, I'm still not convinced, but he's certainly doing better than maybe we anticipated. Well, yeah, like I say, I'm not. I wasn't convinced, but the you know the performance. 
Um, you know, it's come back to him. Mm. Vegas will be, a tell, will be the telling point. Yeah. Paris, yeah, Paris seemed to do all right. In... Perez, he seems to like, it's obviously a circuit that suits him. Now, I think we would have seen a good Perez result in Mexico had he got beyond the first corner. Yeah, I think it was just a, uh, that was just a lot. I think it was a lot of pressure and it was just... That was just what happens when you go for... Like I say, it's the exact same thing that Lewis did in Qatar. Yeah, and it didn't work. Now, yeah, it could have turned in a little bit later, but that's one of how long it's a string job. You know, it was when it happened, and I still, I still like Perez a lot. I still think his mm. other form hasn't been great, but I still know he's got the talent if once he refines it. Yeah, um, and we know he's got the drive for next season, so we're not as worried today. This race also did him a favour in the championship standings for holding on to second. Mm. Which is good. I mean, like you, uh, like you say, Merck and Ferrari don't seem to have, didn't seem to have p pace even in the sprint shootout. Well, at one point, Mercedes were the slowest Mercedes-powered car. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Which has got to be a little bit of a kick in the teeth. I mean, both headphones everywhere quiver at that moment. <laughs> and then... We had the sprint race... Which typical sprint race? Fair play to Norris. Mm. And it was good, but it was a bit over too quick because of the way the track is. It's a it was a very quick you know, it was kind it's of very a very short very short lap, isn't it? Yeah, it was kind of a blink and you'll miss the sprint race basically. Yeah, it's a very short lap, uh... You know, well played from McLaren once again. McLaren, if they can keep this up, are firmly cementing themselves mm. as a threat for next year. Um, so, well, should we come on to the race? Yeah, we can I mean, race. I mean, so wanna, which, which bit of the race? So well, the, the, the start. So Russell, Gasly, and Ocon got handed two place grid penalties. We should say for driving slowly on the pit exit, but that was during the May, the Friday qualifying. Friday qualifying. And we should say for those, this is and this is um, the FIA's answer to the problems that occurred at the last Grand Prix where they had cars parked in the pit lane. The rule now was that cars were allowed to do that. Cars were allowed to slow and travel slow, but they had to get as far left in the pit lane as physically possible. Um, yeah, if they carry that on, that's going to be that's not always going to work with some pit lanes. I also have one issue, and this isn't as bad as it sounds. There was a clear shot at one point. Now I agree with. I don't like that idea of overtaking in the pit lane, and there was a clear shot at one moment where I think it was Verstappen did overtake a car before he crossed the. Exit line. Yeah, but that bit of track between the pit exit and the actually joining the track. I don't like the idea of cars trying to overtake the pit lane. I think it's setting dangerous precedents there. Well, the FAA clearly allowed it because he didn't get done for it. No, I, I'm not. I know they did, but just 
to me personally. Yeah, I know. Letting it, cars overtaking the pit lane, I don't like that. No, it it, it seems a bit uh... dangerous. Well, apart from dangerous, you haven't, you haven't got pit lanes wide enough to have two lanes running down them like NASCAR do. No, it it's just a bit seems a bit bonkers. Why they would do that? I mean, the Brazil the. Brazil's track pit, lane, pit exit doesn't seem wide enough. Yes, you know, you saw Max pass Leclerc. I'll say it's that's one of the... View, that's a view. Max was one of the main ones doing it. Yeah, no, but it was basically passing one of them on the grass. He was like, literally had dipped his car in the grass to pass because he didn't, because he didn't keep over well enough. And... Uh, then we come, I will say the one thing, the Brazilian national anthem, no offence to anybody, any any listeners if you're listening from Brazil, that really wasn't a good rendition because this, it seemed to me that, did the singer actually forget at one point? I, I, I missed this, so I, actually literally when I joined in I think there were like five minutes to go. Oh. Well, they basically did the the national anthem, but there was a uh, somebody playing a like a, Brazi- a ukulele type Brazilian ukulele type thing, and <laughs> for the national anthem, and the way it was, it she'd said something, and then it was like, "I'm gonna go musically, go musical here," but it seemed like two bars had gone by, right. which is basically like you would class as four beats. If I'm remembering my musical terminology correctly here, I should have done that. I have an A star. I had <laughs> I had a bloody a, uh, a B in music, so I should know. Um, so basically... The only influence in music I have is what comes out my backside. So. <laughs> so there was like a short gap, and then she started singing again, and it was like... Did you actually remember to sing, or did you like nearly forget your own anthem? Why am I now picturing there's a Jay Foreman comedy sketch where he uh, sings a song one beat late? Mm. But he, and it's on the funniest thing you've ever like. If you're singing the song, but he's one beat off. Yeah, but it kind of amazing how he throws the entire song. Yeah, but it kind of seemed like that because the fact that it seemed like they'd missed. Them beats, as it's known. Um, yeah, and then there was the awkward exchange between Machine Gun Kelly and uh, Mind Brundle on the grid during the grid walk. Yeah, that was embarrassing. Machine Gun, like I say, I, I Machine Gun Kelly trying to get Brundle to air guitar. I mean, my my only knowledge of Machine Gun Kelly was watching him get launched into a pool in the latest Jackass movie. So. Yeah, but the fact that Brundle asked him about his career, Machine Gun Ke- Kelly uh, turned around and said, I don't, um, something like a uh, what career or something like that. But he, he basically didn't say much, and then apparently he left early anyways, did Machine Gun Kelly, apparently. Yeah, and then the traffic's talking about that. Yeah. Um, and then we had the formation lap. Sorry, Ferrari fans. 
fault. Ouch. Yeah, not even making it to the grid, does <sighs> it? I mean, what? I mean, <sighs> hydraulic pressure, which is weird because you seem to still have enough steering to steer it off the track. Yeah, but it'll felt it'll have felt like a friggin' tank because you've lost all the power steering. How do you know? Because the way you steered it off the track, it didn't look like he was particularly struggling with it. Well, that's what yeah, but that's what caused him to bin it. I wonder because because he, I think the cloud hydraulic failure and that when you watch the external replay, you saw like a puff of. Well, like blue from the back of the car. Yeah, which I wonder was... if he just dumped the hydrofluid on the back tyres is what lost him control. Don't know. I think he maybe dropped the fluid straight under his back tyre. But when, as he tried to turn the wheel, even he said it wasn't. It was heavy. Because you know, yeah. if your power steering fails in a car, it becomes heavy. That's oh, how yeah. you know something's gone wrong. And I don't, you know, he wouldn't have been able to carry on doing that to do the. Race no, rib. but had he managed to literally slip it back to the pit lane, things might not have ended as badly. Now, he didn't know that at the time, but obviously if we get on to the actual start... But the... Pro well, yeah. <laughs> that we had a cracking... And once again, this goes down... It was the first corner of racing, so I will say this now. There was no blame on any driver for me. Racing incident... Albon made a great start with the two passes in front of him trying to go up the outside. Unfortunately, at the same time, the inner house, which I believe would have been K-Mag. K-Mag was on the left. Hulk in the Hulk middle. Hulk in the middle. Yeah. K-Mag was coming towards the right, and poor Hulkenberg in the middle was the meat in a sandwich. Yeah. Tagged. And as I've said before, at that point, people will say, well, why not brake? You've got to remember, there's probably a car behind him going a good speed. If he hits the brakes hard... Yeah. He's got somebody flying over his back wing. Yeah. So you kind of, you're stuck and unfortunately tagged the Albon, put him into the side of his teammate, ripped the rear tyre off Albon's car. Which... Heyman's car then spun into the back of Piastri before it finished and broke his front wing, his back wing. Yeah. The tyre then... got flicked up in the air by Hulkenberg again and hit Danny Rick's rear wing. Yeah. And it was just <laughs> like... I was just thinking to myself, well, Bottas, eat your heart out. I mean, you know what? Yeah, in fact, it was tactical. It was the two Aussies as well. Yeah. I mean, are we, are we now in Germany declare war on Australia. <laughs> but it was just like... What? And then, you know, safety car come out. They were going to lead They were gonna lead the cars through the pits until they probably realised... Shit, there's too much debris there, and they chuck the red flag. I don't think. I, I still don't think it was debris. I always think. I think a lot of them times it's just because tech pro. Oh, the tech pro will have been damaged, but there was there they was. Have uh, to make yeah, sure that tech pro safe. I know, but there was a lot of debris on track. There was. You saw the amount of debris. What was it? It was Friday. Friday, quality was delayed because of debris, wasn't it? Yeah, that was due to the that was due to the thing. I know we're going back and forth. That was due to the um, Porsche Super Cup before. Hmm. Did it delay? I remember. I remember turning it on to watch it, and there was a um, 
they've been delayed. But, you know, this is... I'm, I'm going to make my point early. Due to the television direction, you saw the race control message come up to say a red flag. You didn't actually see anything else because they were too busy showing replays of the sodding start. <laughs> the television direction this weekend was all right for the other stuff, for the sprint and everything like that. It wasn't so bad for the main race. It was fucking awful. <laughs> It really was. Really was awful. Um, and then they managed to get uh, Piastri's and Ricardo's cars fixed. Yeah, because of a red flag, they technically both lost a lap because they pitted a lap earlier than the red flag, which was a shame, really. Yeah, they. But they didn't know the red flag was coming, so they weren't able to... No, they they pitted... They pitted before the safety car. Or when the yeah. safety car had come out, or whatever. And because they cut, cause he didn't carry on, then they, the lost race, the lap. they lost the lap because of it. Which is a shame, because... Even though I still think they were both carrying slight damage, you know during the race even though they were a lap down I still think they were carrying damage yeah just changing the rear wings is not an easy job no but clearly they did it on Piastri's car well they have to have Danny Ricks as well yeah but it's not something it's, the front wing's 15 seconds a rear wing is not no because they've got to mess around with bits at the back and it yeah it's probably just more I mean that was it was a hell of an incident I'll say that but as you say Bottas bowling going to become Albon bowling for next season yeah so we obviously cheering the race you know race got going again Merck's just fell backwards. Yeah, Mercedes, Mercedes seemed to have probably brought a six-speed gearbox this weekend. Yeah, I kind of don't know what went, was going on with their strategy either. That was until Russell had to retire because apparently the oil temperature was climbing, climbing, climbing and they weren't being able to fix it. They just didn't want the engine going boom, basically. I've said to you already, we're very late in the season. I think people are very short of spare parts. Hmm. At this point, so I mean, they've got what to... they've got two races to get through, you know. Yeah, and if you can do it without having to take a penalty for new components, both the Ferrari powered cars were out. And what I mean by that is customer team, so both the Alfa yeah. Romeos were out, K Mag, obviously, Leclerc, obviously, because he was a non starter, Albon, and then, like you say, Russell. And yeah, I just the Mercedes didn't have any pace. But apart from Carlos had a solid race back up through. He did. Yeah, I was going to Carlos had a good. He did. And then obviously to me, the highlight of the race and my driver of the day was a triumphant return of Sergio Perez. 
that last few lap battle with Alonso, I mean, fair play to Alonso at his age, his, his experience there. He used every bit of it. He knew just when to defend and how hard he was. He was keeping Perez just far enough back. He was getting DRS, but not enough to so do anything with it. Because even considering the Red Bull is quick under DRS, but one thing, you know, one thing I will say is kind of fair play to Norris having a dive on Max nearly. <laughs> oh yeah. And that like Norris kind of has to at times like that. You know what I mean? Just... Because you know you're not going to get many shots at things like that. So I kind of uh, a little bit suspicious. I don't know if you if you nicked it off Crofty or. <laughs> that would be funny if Crofty would actually listen to this podcast. That would be hilarious because if, if I know it's just. David, if you had David contact us and come in sometime, we'd love to have you on board. That would be incredible. Ignore that, Tom <laughs> Bellingham. Come to us. Yeah. Here's me starting beef between the podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> We're at the end of the season. <laughs> Getting towards the end. What's that come appearing through my letterbox? <laughs> but, no, honestly. He used a word that you have used. And that was when you called Norris Bridesmaid. Yeah, well, I think I probably got it off Brundle or something like that originally. Mm. But if you total up how many second places oh, yeah. Lando's had without a win, it's like I, I genuinely feel bad for him. And like I say, once Piastri got that sprint win, to prove the car's capable. But ever since, I go all the way back to Sochi two years ago now, wasn't it? Yeah. When he lost that win because the weather turned. Mm. And it's just like, he's got the talent, undoubtedly. He's now got the car, undoubtedly. But just getting it all to line up together, especially when Red Bull are on such a high cloud right now. <sighs> He sounded quite deflated this weekend, Norris, for some reason. I think I, we're also on the back end of, th of the third race in three weekends. Yeah, I know, but it, it just... I wouldn't forgive drivers for being a bit ready for a weekend off. Well, they get it. They get it this week. Hmm. And I know that when we say that, they don't take a time off, they'll be doing... No. But to actually... Because I don't think it's the racing that tires them. I think it's the all the press shite that comes with it. And the travelling, probably. Yeah, but all the, all the interviews have probably been asked that same question again and again and again and again. Yeah. No, but I can, he, I like I say, appreciate he, that will get. But even over the radio, he he sounded quite deflated. Even for, even when he got that poll. Even when he got the poll, he sounded quite deflated. Mm. You know, he just he didn't seem himself. I mean, no, I, I, mean I don't know if he's recently broke up with his girlfriend or not. So you don't know. I don't follow any drivers to that level of personal life. No, but... I, 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 I like know. the sport. I go to the sport. I am not that kind of person, so I can't mm. tell you. I will say, if we're talking about team radio, though, the guest appearance of Tom Jones on the Red Bull team radio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Max Verstappen's karaoke. Hmm. I thought was quite entertaining. When Sky obviously picked it out and played it back to us. Yeah. yeah. Max Verstappen sings the green, green grass of home. Yeah, I know. 
I don't know if uh, I watched the cooldown room. I know we're, we're sort of skipping a bit here. I watched the cooldown room, but did they catch anybody swearing? Because I'm sure Lando swore. I think I remember hearing something, but I don't think they picked up on it. Yeah, somebody did swear, and I think it was Lando. <laughs> Won't surprise me. To me, I've never had an issue with that. Cause it's like they're in the, they've just come out of an hour and a half solid about the adrenaline's flowing. Yeah. I would never have an issue. If they've let one slip, they've let one slip. Oh, they did. I think it was two Fs, actually, for Robin. But anyways. But the talking point, which is going to be kind of a quickish talking point, Alonso Perez, right up to the line. Holy shit, that battle was immense. Yeah, one of those best finishes we've had in a long time. But like I, said, I said, I put it in, I put it in the unit. 0 0.053. I think we have had closer finishes in the past, but not many. That was a photo, almost a photo finish. But I think, like you said, Alonso got to the timing beam before. But like I said, the race was a bit meh in between. And then as soon as this battle started going on, oh, it was getting exciting. Oh, yeah. But like you say, Alonso knew exactly where to place that car each and every just, time. He was, deploying, he was deploying battery. He was just using enough that Perez was that little bit further back every yeah. time. And every time he comes to the end of the DRS zone until Perez eventually got the opportunity. They actually commented, didn't they? Because... Um, Alonso was using a very difficult line out of them last yeah. couple of corners. Now, apparently that is just his normal line. But, honestly, you couldn't have scripted that. You couldn't have scripted that battle. That it's was struggle. just... I know, but it was just immense. And like you say, Lan uh, Fernando Alonso at his age... It proves he's still got it. Well, I, I see. And that they put it up. Um, 150 more... Was it 125 more races than Perez? And Perez is no new No. Name. But, yeah, it still shows that the experience is there. And the experience was there to realise to fight him back when he did. And in the end, it was Alonso came out on top. Yeah. Alonso got the third place, got another podium for that. I said that Aston Martin re re returns. Mm. Maybe a little too late, but it made one exciting race. Oh, yeah, definitely. Who did get the fastest lap in the end? I kind of missed that. Um, fastest lap, fastest lap. Lando. Oh, right, okay. On lap 61 with a 112.4. Not bad. And then Lando got driver of the day, obviously. Lando getting driver of the day is something that just happens now. It seems to, doesn't it? Uh, before we finish, I do want to quickly do this because I want to get this. I'm not looking forward to this. I don't know if you've actually checked this out. Well, the Fantasy League. The Fantasy League. So if you bear with I me. have, and you're going to be more, you're going to be more excited about it than I am. If you bear with me, guys, I need to... 
find this button. Sorry about that. I've moved buttons around on my stream deck, so I'm, I'm getting used to the layout again. Uh, what? What's up? That wasn't... No. Something's gone weird then. Because I'll admit, I, I had a quick look last night. It wasn't showing me where I am now. I bet I know what you did because I did the same thing. You clicked on Mexico, not Brazil, because you have to scroll down slightly to get Brazil. No, it was showing me last night as inferred. Oh, right. Yeah, it wasn't showing me where I am now. It was showing me where you are. Actually, okay. I, checked, I checked a little bit earlier, and I didn't realise I had to scroll down, so I think I'd done Brazil. Ah. So, yeah, Guan Yuzhou did lose me points in the end, which I, that's what I thought. I was expecting Piastri to lose me some points, but he didn't. That's kind of worked well, then. Not as yeah. well as I'd hoped, though. I mean, who did you, what did you do? Ooh, 11. Yeah, you got burned with uh, Guan Yu Zhou and all. So what lost you? Williams? Yeah, Williams. Jiao losing me. 11, like me. Williams only got me two points. Other than that, no, I've had a pretty good. So what happened? To... Well, I have looked at what I can change, and there's not really anybody stronger than Joe. No. Yeah, William got left. Yeah, there isn't. Which, like I've said before, I still think next year they maybe need to lower the cost cap. Yeah, they do. I the think game. you can build two stronger teams. Yeah. I mean, I'll take it because it's kept me... Uh, it's kept me away from Alan from catching me at the moment. <laughs> I think I think I'm now. I don't, I don't think I'm able to catch you. If you look at total points now. I don't think I can really catch you. Cause I'm like six hundred points behind you at this point. What with two to go? Yeah. While it might be mathematically theoretically possible, also remember that we have a lot of overlap. Yeah. Of drivers, so... We yeah. all do. I'm out of this. I don't think I even really can catch Alan. I think mine and his teams are too similar. Well, apart from he's only got, like I say, he's got Hamilton, Lando and Piastri. Lando, Piastri and Hamilton. And Alonso. And you've got Perez, Max, Lando, Piastri and, and uh, Guan Yuzhou. Yeah. Yeah, I really don't think we've got a lot. Nah. But it's, it's yours to lose. I mean, Alan... <laughs> I know it's Alan mine to lose. Alan theoretically still catch you, but I honestly think you've got it. It ain't over till that last race. <laughs> Put it that way. It ain't over till the last race. Tell the fat lady she's only private. <sighs> I wasn't going to use that expression. Well, I will. I know <laughs> you will. 
I just want to point out we don't mean any offence by it. It is an old saying, and we still will use it because we we're not wanting to cause offence, but we are unfiltered, and this is how the podcast will remain, as you know, and as you probably do enjoy. <laughs> is there anything you want to round out with? Your final uh, thoughts of uh, this race? Not really. No, I think we've covered the big things. Just obviously, Brazil won a long swing circuit. Obviously, the home of the great Ayrton Senna. Hmm. The track obviously lives with It is a great track, and this is what I love: is the old school circuits. Long may it continue. I didn't hear. We've been getting hearing like contract extensions. We didn't get one. Twenty. Yeah, twenty thirty, isn't it? Is that good? That's what I like to hear. I think it's been, yeah, I think his contract got extended to like 2030, something like that. I think it's... That's good then. Yeah. I mean, my final thoughts on this are basically, it was a good race at the beginning. Blase, sort of, you know, usual field spread in the middle. Got very excited towards the end. I also will say, I kind of enjoy races with a red flag in them. Even though it was right oh. at the beginning. No, but uh, the standing starts are always so good for creating mm. fun. I love standing starts. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, we're going to end this one here. So, obviously, thank you to David for joining. It's been an honour and a pleasure. Obviously, thank you to you guys for listening. And don't forget, the next one will be after Vegas. That one could be some interesting talking points. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Hopefully. Hopefully, because I'm, I'm, I've said it for long enough now. I am so looking forward to that. Like I'm very, so looking forward to Vegas. Because yeah. we could bloody be there. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens. Don't forget, you know... You can obviously get it, Spotify, Amazon, wherever you get your podcasts at the moment, apart from Apple. And we shall see you for the next one. So, until then. So long and thanks for all the fish. Goodbye for now. <laughs>